What's up, everyone? Welcome to my corner of the internet. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments, the leading global payments provider helping sellers keep more of their hard-earned money. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Crossover Commerce. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is my corner of the internet where I bring the best and brightest in the Amazon and e-commerce space. Every episode here is presented by Ping Pong Payments. If you haven't heard about Ping Pong Payments, we are a cross-border payment solution helping people keep more of their hard-earned money. By people, I mean you, the entrepreneurs who are listening to this. If you're an Amazon seller, if you're an e-commerce seller, if you're a business that's just trying to grow your business internationally, whether it's paying your suppliers, manufacturers, your employees, or just paying off some of your services internationally, wherever you might be in the world, check out Ping Pong Payments. It's free to sign up, it's easy to use, and it's going to save you time, money, and a headache once you decide to grow your brand. All you have to do is just go to usa.pingpongx.com forward slash podcast in order to check out for a free episode, I should say free account, (laughs) and check out all of our past episodes. Again, this is episode 221. Almost, oh, we almost had 222 on February 2nd or February 22nd, 2022, just by one episode we missed on that. So that's my fault for everyone um, not being able to do one more today. But uh, for the sake of doing that on a Tuesday, this is Tuesday, uh, February 22nd. I'm excited because we're kicking off the week pretty strongly. There's so much going on here leading up to the, in the end of February, going into March. I know a lot of people in the industry are talking about events, there's uh, virtual events going on right now, a seven-figure seller summit. We have billion-dollar seller summit, which is kicking off here this week. Um, we also have Prosper coming up in a matter of, I want to say, less than three weeks. Uh, check me, uh, check your calendars. I might be wrong on that, but I feel like it's less than three weeks from now. That being said, a lot of what I'm trying to get at is a lot of people are gearing up, trying to get their uh, their house in order in terms of growth on opportunity on uh, for their brand on Amazon or or in e-commerce. Now, that, that can be lots of different things, but uh, of recent, maybe you've noticed, not noticed this, but I certainly have, lots of articles coming out of high uh, spend on Amazon or high what, what it takes to be uh, successful on Amazon. A lot of that kind of ties back naturally to uh, what we're going to be talking about today, and that is PPC. Uh, I love uh, the team that's coming with me today to be talking about some of the common Amazon PPC myths. Almost like uh, we're going to be talking about uh, something that a lot of sellers or um, companies think is is the case, but maybe not so much if you're in the weeds on it on a day-to-day basis. So we're going to debunk those today. Um, and I brought the team uh, from Sponsored Profit, uh, Laura and Daryl. They are the co-founders of Sponsored Profit, and they're joining me from across the pond over in England. So without further ado, super excited to have both of them on today to help us debunk and to kind of set the record straight in terms of PPC. Thank you to both Laura and Daryl, and welcome to Crossover Commerce. Let me bring you both on right now and unmute you both. Welcome both. Hey, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, we were talking about this. To, uh, now, <laughs> everyone, Daryl wants to move somewhere warm, so we're going to have to give him a couple different options where he needs to move besides <laughs> England. But uh, we appreciate you both joining uh, us today. It's, it's cold, wet, and rainy here, assuming very much like what it is in england so um i could be wrong but probably not (laughs) is that you you don't have to uh, be a gambling man to to guess that it's uh 
cold, wet, and miserable in England. Oh, there you go. Yeah, well, hey. we've actually got a. We've had a you know a few storms as well and and floods. So actually, yeah. the part of the country that Daryl's in is um, some of it is is underwater at the moment. So so yeah, yeah. we've got some horrible weather and, and floods over here at the moment. You're gonna have to Amazon Prime maybe some like uh, one of those inflatable rafts or anything like that to get you out. Canoe, <laughs> canoe, exactly. Yeah. Hey, they sell them on Amazon. I know for a fact I've searched for them. So it is a thing, <laughs> at least here in the United States. Yeah, uh, no, I've got a friend who's got an in inflatable. Um, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hey, thank you both for uh, tuning, uh, coming on today. I know um, we Laura and I chatted a little bit before, and Daryl, this is our first time kind of chatting about this. Um, Kind of what I invite everyone onto the this kind of this space, if you will, is if people aren't familiar with you, I just kind of want to welcome, like introduce friends to the room, if you will. So if uh, Daryl, maybe you, you want to start since I have you on the top right in my corner of the screen, sure. uh, who you are, maybe introduce uh, what your background is in the e-commerce space and how you're here today. Yeah, sure. First, thank, thanks for having us. I appreciate it. It's always a, exciting to share our thoughts and opinions with, uh, with like-minded people. So that's all cool. Um, yeah, my, my background, I was uh, ex-Royal Navy. I was an aircraft engineer. That was my original, original straight from school. Uh, that was my, my, my craft. After leaving the military, I bobbed around for a few years, really unsure what to do. I didn't like being told you know, what to do after leaving the military, so I was always looking for something to do myself. That's when I come across Amazon. Uh, that was 2013. Started selling my own uh, own brand, uh, branded products back then. Started getting quite good at doing PPC for, for myself. It was very different back then to, to what it is now. Uh, and that kind of grew you know, gradually from there, helping a few mates, meeting people at events and you know, just, just chatting and then met these guys. So Laura and our other business partner, Tim, uh, we actually, actually all met at, at events. And then, yeah, we decided to form Sponsor Profit uh, nearly four years ago now. Yep. Um, four years. Yeah, so, so this, this, this is our, our full focus now, helping growing brands, helping them helping them scale on Amazon. It's me. Are you still selling still, or is that uh, kind no, of... No, yeah, that's, that, that's all gone now. So we're 100% focused on on helping, helping other brands grow now. Very cool. Well, that will... That's an exciting story. Uh, obviously, meeting at events, I feel like a lot of people with businesses that formed, whether it's uh, in person or they, they just met through happenstance of, hey, like-minded people kind of collected. It, Laura, is that how you felt when you met Daryl as well? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, and that's why it's great that events are, are coming back now, I think, because, you you know, you just can't quite replace them with with anything else. There's great events, virtual events, but there's, you know, there's, there's something about sort of being in the same space. Uh, particularly if there's a bar involved, uh, that always helps. Um, they're they're always good congregation points. But but yeah, I mean, I'm, I met Daryl and Tim at um, an event in 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 Vegas, and um, you know, essentially, a lot of the events, not as much anymore, but certainly back then, very US centric. So we'd spend a lot of time over there, and you know, so when you're sort of in a room with a, a sea of American accents, when you sort of hear sort of other British accents, your kind of ears prick up and, and you kind of gravitate towards each other. And, and yeah, as, as, as Daryl said, we, you know, both myself and Tim were also selling. So we were all sellers ourselves. Um, but we discovered we were good at different things in our businesses. Um, so Daryl's, you know, he plays it down. He's like, yeah, I was quite good at PPC. I mean, he was like a wizard. And I don't think I understood half of 
more than half of what he told me the, the first time we met. Um, but he was he was really good with PPC. Um, I sort of gravitated towards writing high converting product listings, and Tim was really good on this the SOPs and processes side of things. So we each kind of lent on each other um, in each other's businesses to help each other with um, you know uh, things we weren't as as good at ourselves. And then as as Daryl said, that kind of you know, expanded to sellers in our network, you know, our friends and, and then word sort of traveled and and then sort of sponsored profit was formed um, really as, as, a, as an opportunity to, to move from from seller to service provider. It just it was an opportunity that presented itself, um, which is great. And the reason I got into it was I had a career in landscape design in sunny L.A. So seeing as we're talking about the weather um, and when I decided to move back to the U.K., uh, working outdoors for some reason didn't have the same appeal. Um, I was like, yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I, you know, feel like being out in the cold and the wet uh, nine months of the year. Um, and uh, a friend introduced me to the opportunity on Amazon, so I was like, wow, you know, I've worked with some, you know, really frustrating and rubbish gardening products. So I'll, I'll start a gardening product um, brand. So that's how I got into e-commerce, and then. As, as Daryl said, then so what, we met an event. So, Gerald, you said 2013 is when you first started. Is it? Is this around the same time, Laura, that you were you started your business? Uh, no, I was a little bit later. I was 2015. Okay, so I, I would say both fairly early on in the FBA third party phase. Oh, if you will. yeah, compared to. Very, di very different um, to, to what it is now, yeah, sure. Well, I was going to say, so Laura, I'm assuming not selling on Amazon still or still? No, no, no. We've all exited or pivoted away from our, our businesses. Um, and so, so yeah, we're all in on, on what we do. Well, just a point for the audience. I think it's so fascinating to see service providers but coming from the seller side, but then getting into this uh, service side. Sometimes people will continue the selling as well. But I feel mm -hmm. like the dedication of, hey, having to help other people out in that regards, just takes so much time away from their own business. I think that's the natural balance act, if you will, that it's difficult to assume. I see some people try to do it and other people are, they're developing technologies and software and all these things inside. Oh, and by the way, they're doing eight figures on Amazon or multiple eight figures. So it's crazy um, to think like how certain people can do both and other people are like, I really want to really lean into the service side. So what was that conversation like for, for both of you? Did you still have businesses and you're like, Hey, I think we would. I would rather do this, and I think this is where the industry is going towards. Is that how that conversation went? I think the for me the the, the big realization was conflict of interest. Right, we 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 started to 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 grow and take on more and more partners, and the the times that there you know people would come to us selling the same kind of products that that we were in our own brands. That's then a question in, in my eyes, a, a question of morality, right? It just didn't didn't sit right with me. So the option was, all right, we, we either don't work with these these type of products, which really limits our, you know, our, right. You guys our, weren't our in niche categories. You guys were in pretty pretty competitive categories in that yeah. regards. Yeah. So so, so so for me, it was it was more a case of this this doesn't feel this doesn't feel right. So, mm -hmm. what are the other options? Where's Where's my heart? Where's where, Where's Where's our passion? And it wasn't in the brand anymore. It was you know, so that was a, a good reason to exit the brand and and focus hundred percent on on helping other people. Gotcha. So you both either sold your business or kind of gave it to somebody else and let them take it over. Is that how that worked for you guys? Yeah, and the same same for Tim as well. Yeah. Gotcha. So that was when when did sponsored profit really like become a full focus for you guys? Uh, so two thousand. 
Okay, yeah. 2018. So been around for four or five ish years or so. Obviously, full fledged with that. Um, very fascinating because obviously that would, back in 2018, if I remember correctly, Amazon maybe had a very limited number of sponsored PPC placements that you can obviously make a name for yourself as a brand or anything like that. Now it's quite the opposite. Maybe there's all but one space. I think it's in uh, uh, similar cat uh, similar products, or if it, not similar products, it's in the um, bundle section. I think that's the only place that you can't really sponsor an ad, or maybe you can now. I, it's been a while since you, I've looked. Yeah, you, you can actually run brand ads to bundles now. So. Right, but almost what the top seven search uh, like placements are? They're all depends. Depending on the on the layout, yeah, right. I mean, you've got the sponsored brand ad, typically four sponsored product ads, then a then couple organic. of organic, then you've got video, editorial picks, uh, free Amazon's Choice, right, which are all uh, pay placements. It's yeah, it's it's gone crazy. It's, it's so I get I, I guess like going into this, and I I mean we've just talked about this for fifteen minutes, kind of getting into it. What, what is the conversation like like you guys you guys did this from the beginning with with not that being in the case on Amazon but now they've really leaned into and obviously it's completely 180 of now you have to Amazon says they don't it's not a requirement but everyone in this room if you will knows that you have to spend on advertising in order to be prominent within any sort of Amazon space to sell products to launch it to any anything of that degree to have a successful brand on Amazon. Do you guys do you guys feel lucky with that regards of like, hey, this is we're gonna do this and really lean in PPC, or is this something that kind of naturally you were like, wow, this is kind of in our favor. We really should develop our our wherewithal and our skill sets in that regards. Well, it, it's interesting. We when we first started the business because um, I had the the, the the product listing copywriting background when we first started sponsored profit, we did both. So we did sort of um, product listing creation. I worked with a photographer on the images side, and we were also doing the PPC, and and, and that's a really good blend, um, right? Because you've got the traffic and the, and the conversion piece. However, um, about a year in, um, we could see lots of changes taking place on the platform. So on the conversion side, um, enhanced brand content uh, and A plus content had come out. Um, we were first starting to see a few odd sort of video snippets here and there. Storefronts 1.0 was out. So there was a lot of changes taking place there. And definitely the the first, um, I think, signs that Amazon was kind of really starting to go down a branding uh, path. Um, at the same time, on the sort of advertising side of things, all of a sudden changes were starting to show up in, in advertising and um, and there were sort of developments there. And so we we sort of about a year in we were like okay do we go full service agency because we can see that the marketing and advertising side of the of amazon was getting more complex or do we just go in on one thing and, and go in sort of really deep and i think you know daryl can speak to some of the changes that we were starting to see even back then um and we kind of hedged our bets and we went all in with ppc because we felt the, the the changes um were, um, were were more seismic, but not only that, you know, with PPC, people really feel that pain point in their pocket. Like we all know that there is absolutely value to having um, an you know an SEO optimized, high converting product listing with quality products. There is a, a value and a cost 
you can attribute to that in in terms of the sales that you'll make for your product however when it comes to you know sellers and it comes to seller central when you log in every morning the first place you look is you know is your your payouts and your balance and then you look at how much your ads have spent so it's a very um you know ppc is is very much tied to you know money being spent and and that pain point is very great for a lot of people so that's also why we've gravitated towards ppc because it's where people were really hurting the most but daryl um the, the changes we saw back then um there's been so many i can't remember now but you'll probably be able to remember yeah, on average i think this last certainly this last couple of years has been like a change a week i think it's 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 a, it's a lot to keep up with um, I call it death by a thousand paper cuts. <laughs> it, it it is. It's it's constant. It's it's challenging for sure, but I love it. Um, yeah, I I, th I think back in back in twenty eighteen, you're just saying there about the 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 sponsored ad placements. I just I was just thinking back to what it was like when it when we first started. And do you remember it was the ads were down the right hand side of the, That's right, of, yeah. of the page, right? So, so that was the the placements. There was one or two at the top, yeah, with a with a brand ad when when they first started. Doing, doing brands. Yeah, that was, yeah. And then it was just down the right hand side. There was nothing throughout the search results. There was nothing uh, really on on product pages even even then. That was a that that was a fairly a fairly new thing, right? Like one reel of, of sponsored products on on a product page. Now there's four or five in in certain. Mm -hmm in certain layouts in addition to all of the sponsored brand ads sponsored display ads video ads now on product pages like it's 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 completely changed i always describe it as a it's it's, it's like playing monopoly now right it's a game of real estate it's not it's not just about having a, a, a full funnel marketing strategy it's it is a game of real estate if you can identify where there's you know where, where competitors are weak and go and park you know your for sale sign on, on on their property you're going to pick up some sales and, and steal market share and i think that's that's the biggest shift that that i've really seen over this last last four years is it used to be a case of throw some ads up you, you could just launch a, an auto campaign and i've, I've still see still see auto campaigns running now from from you know, pre-dating when we started and we, we don't want to touch them right because they're just phenomenal like, right we had no control over them really com compared to what we have now you know you couldn't negate asins and, and all that kind of stuff but they were just well just so much history on them now that they're, they're still performing well the, the the couple that i've got in mind but that was it that was that was really that easy you, you didn't need to to understand ppc you didn't need to understand advertising or, or marketing in general it was just do this turn this on set a bid and, and make money it was like printing cash and gradually over over the years that's that's got less and less the case and it has become a much more sophisticated platform it, it, like I say, it was quite raw back then but now you know taking lead from a, a lot from google ads that you yeah. know, changes that google's seen over the years i know they they took a lot of you know high uh, high um highly sought after employees at, at one point back in uh, 2018 2019 and, and you can see how it's transition the same kind of way that, that, that Google has, which for us as, a, as an agency is is great because it gives us you know, more more levers to pull, more more things to to try and test, right? Because not everything works for every product and right. not everything will work for every category. So having all of these different things to try is, is great for us. 
but it makes it much more complex for your average your average seller to try and to try and figure out. So. But but I think actually also on on the back of that, I think that's a, a really good point. Um, and uh, I know we haven't kind of got stuck into the myths yet, but I think just <laughs> on the back of that as well, while there is this, you know, obviously a sophistication that's that's come um, onto the platform. And that huge increase in real estate, you know, that is still where the opportunity is for sellers. So, yes, it's um, gotten more complex for sure. But, um, you know, at the same time, it does actually provide sellers with more opportunities because, I, you know, I, I do think there is a um, healthy or maybe slightly unhealthy cynicism towards um, advertising um, on, on, on Amazon. But, you know, uh, it's here to stay. It's not going anywhere. However, um, what it does mean for sellers is that, you know, there are more places and ways and opportunities for you to get your products um, in front of customers. It's it's just you, you know, need a, a more flexible and adaptive approach. But with all that real estate, um, you know, there are more opportunities to find uh, more placements for you to connect with with customers, so I, I I do think that you know uh, it's it's still a positive development. It's a positive evolution. Um, but like Darryl says, it does make it more complex. But you know, Amazon wants wants to put your products in front of their customers, and they're just finding more and more ways for you to do that. So right. I think it's positive to take from it. Too. Well, like you said, it's a scientific. It's now a scientific way to do it. It's not just a you're just buying impressions. It's it's as simple as. You have to know which ones to target, how much to outbid everyone else. There, there's more of a science to it. So that that's why I wanted to to get you both on today. So you've seen this evolution. It's not it's not simple anymore. And a lot of people think like obviously with the increase in cost. I, I just saw something on CNBC, an article with an agency in the PPC world also uh, this past weekend that you know anything that costs maybe four cents a click now is a dollar sixty four. I mean obviously marginal growth uh but comparatively it's quite a bit so i'm curious besides just you know what cost is and everything like that what are those what are those things that you have to constantly reassure re-educate customers on the end of that's not true this is actually how it works or uh, going into that that myth section if you would both share some of those that you you're commonly encountering and and kind of debunking those if you will We'd love to get started on that. So, Daryl, maybe you kick us off, and the most common one that you're you're constantly trying to overcome with people of what is that? There's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just... What's your favorite? Let's start with your favorite. My, your... I'll, I'll go my favorite. That's that's, that's that's probably the best one. Yeah, uh, it's actually one that's not uh, not not spoken about too too frequently, and that's bidding on singular and plural versions of the same keywords. So just to give a bit of background on on on, on this one, Amazon will let you add a keyword in the in a plural form, sing, uh, single form, plural, plural form, with uh, what whatever they call them, stop words, filler words, you know, things like at, for, to, with, all of these kind of in between words, Amazon will let you bid on all of those type of variations. And what we were finding was, particularly for high volume products, that the data was being massively split 
So just to give an example to make so this this is a bit clearer. The, the example in question was board games for kids. So coming into to Q4, that was quite obviously quite a high volume, uh, high volume search term. And when we dug into the data, we were, we were finding that there was lots and lots of, of spend being shifted across this different search terms that were being attributed to the same keywords. So board games for kids is the same as board games for kid, which is the same as board game for kid, board game for kids, board game kid, board game kids. There's like 14 different variations of, of that of that keyword. Whereas the one singular keyword, board game kid, we, we took all of the other 13 out and then all of those sales for all of those search terms attributed to one keyword. So we're able to make faster decisions with less wasted ad spend, with less risk of you know, falsely negating poor performing search terms, which we were seeing across the board once we started digging much deeper into this. And this has kind of become one of our initial go-to strategies when we start working with the brand and we dissect all the all, all the data. We, we see this on pretty much every single account because Amazon will just let you let you spend and, and it's not clear that you don't need to do both. Although it is actually in Amazon's documentation, but it's not it's never made never made particularly clear in any in any of their training. So yeah, you don't have to bid on the single and the plural. Only bid on one, it doesn't matter which, but save yourself some money in, in wasted ad spend and make faster, smarter decisions by consolidating the data. So we're we're giving Amazon a little bit of credit that they're gonna consolidate the plural versus uh singularity in the and they're not gonna differentiate the two, correct? Yep. A little a little bit of credit <laughs> with that regard. So we'll we'll get uh, that that that's smart because I would think like because of me in search terms, I think traditional SEO, you have to account for misspellings, at least on YouTube. I know for all the time you have to account for misspellings and that's how mis, your, mis, your video mis ranks. Spellings, mis, misspellings is different. So, right. So, that, so, that's different. But I was like, yeah, plural yeah. or plural, uh, singular or plural. Mm. That I thought I would maybe bundle those to all those things together, but that, that makes a lot of sense. I think that's a really great tip in that regards too. But yeah misspellings that's a whole different animal too so that that's a bad yep. <laughs> road to go down but um laura do you have anything specifically like your favorite one that you like to debunk or uh yeah, do, well, do you want me I to mean, fire off a bunch yeah this this one kind of um follows on on the heels of that uh, a little bit um which is you know that you know more keywords doesn't mean more sales so i do think um i think there is a a sense of, um, you know, more is better. And for us, um, less is, is more. So what I mean by that is, you know, we're big sort of proponents of the 80-20 rule. And so what you'll find in your PPC account is that you'll find sort of 20% of your campaigns or at a more, even more granular level, 20% of your keywords driving 80% of of sales and so it's very counterintuitive but you know what we tend to do and certainly when we first start working with an account is what we want to do is we kind of want to strip everything away we want to really get down to you know what what keywords are driving sales and really focus the ad dollars on that um because again i get you know there's 
and, and there used to be the approach. And so it's kind of entrenched now at sort of in, you know, this is how you do Amazon PPC. But I mean, I remember, you know, when, when we were selling and even not that long ago, even that, you know, there's, there's the whole throw mud at a wall kind of approach, which is, you know, I'm about to launch a product. I don't really know what the main keyword is. I mean, I, I'm going to hazard a guess. However, uh, I'm going to chuck, you know, a bunch of keywords in a campaign, cross my fingers, and I'll just wait for the data to tell me which of those keywords are going to convert into sales and which aren't. Well, that's a surefire way to spend a lot of money very quickly and actually not get very good quality data either. So, you know, when we're sort of, you know, launching products with PPC uh, and when we're starting out with campaigns, you know, we start with a handful of keywords. We, you know, we sort of, you know, make use of brand analytics in particular now for sort of keyword research. But we really want to find, you know, what are the most relevant, obviously, sort of balance that with, you know, we want not search volume, but search frequency, um, if we're in, in brand analytics, but we're really looking for relevancy now in those keywords, uh, and not just, um, you know, sort of search volume based off, you know, third party tools. Um, and, and, and as I said, you know, kind of, safety in numbers let's just throw a load of keywords to see what sticks because it's it's just not a very efficient way a to launch a product because you're also sending mixed signals to amazon because we need to tell the algorithm what our product is and also what our product isn't so all we're going to do by you know throwing in lots of keywords is is confuse the algorithm and then also again when it comes to to efficiency um you know we want to we want to make sure we're spending our ad dollars on the keywords that are driving sales. So again, the uh, disadvantage of having kind of bloated campaigns with lots of keywords in them is you're spreading your ad dollars really, really thin. So you're not giving you know, those keywords a chance to prove themselves. We're not giving them enough budget so we can kind of make decisions based on you know, the number of impressions, the number of clicks, the number of conversions. Um, but again, I think there's this kind of sense of safety that if I just have lots of keywords in my campaigns, you know, I'm bound to make sales and that's good enough. And, and you know, we want to really kind of impress upon people that less is more and, and to really focus on the stuff that's going to give you a return um, and, and, and not the stuff that's basically just going to, you know, bleed you dry. What about um, maybe the one I initially think of is we, we talked about this earlier, my SEO or my PPC campaign for Google versus Amazon. If I'm somebody who's on directed consumer and I'm like, oh yeah, I'll just uh, copy and paste my strategy from Google onto Amazon. What? That should work, right? Anyone want to take that one? Why is that? Let me, let me lead you down the path. Why is that wrong? <laughs> just the, the, the two very different platforms, right? People do search on on Amazon for for product research, but typically Google is a is a search engine for for information. I know you know Google Shopping and and you know and e-commerce in general. It's a directory of websites. You know, people still looking to buy stuff, right? But they don't go to Google with the same buying intent as they go to Amazon. Right. And that's a that that's a very different that's a very different keyword. If someone's browsing and they're looking for information, the way they are going to search is very different to the way they're going to search on Amazon. And I think that as the algorithms got smarter, this has become more and more important. That whole relevancy score that Google gives that Amazon doesn't yet, I'm hoping that's an update that they do come out with. Um, 
but yeah, there's got to be some kind of hidden relevancy score that's given to every 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 target, right? And that's that's that that's the biggest difference I think between taking those keywords from Google and and, and putting them straight onto Amazon is the the buying intent. I think you know with, with Google you can afford to be a little a little broader and and try and capture more of that more, more of that search traffic. On Amazon, I think it's more important to be super relevant rather right. than casting a wide net. I, I think a good example and kind of why I initially think of that, Daryl, is I, I heard this. I think I'm going to give Amy Weiss credit uh, from Amazing at Home. She's a friend of the show. I think she was talking about strategy on Google, which is best garden tools. Like, obviously, you're, you're, people are going to search for what are the best like research phase? What are the best garden tools I should have for city living or something like that? You're not going to use that same phrasing in in uh, Amazon because you, I don't think a lot of people use the phrase best garden tools in Amazon at all. It's just garden tools or garden tools for uh, city living or anything like that. So the phrase best for, uh, best shouldn't be used in any phrasing. And I started to think about that, just the psychology of which the intent is there of, hey, I need products or research. That, that's the, the that, that's the key, right? And, and it depends where you're where you're aiming in the in, in the whole marketing funnel. If you're looking for to you know to grow your the, the consideration or the awareness phase of of the funnel, then then absolutely you could you could be targeting broader terms like that. But in in the knowledge that you're not going to get the same kind of return on ad spend Great. because you're not hitting that that high buying intent. You know, you are just trying to get in front of people that are browsing and. And shopping, and and that's a very, that's a very different concept to, to running sponsored product ads and trying to maximise your return on ad spend. That is like typically for bigger brands that have the budget to be able to focus on these, you know, higher up the higher up the funnel strategies, or maybe more of a DSP play in that regards of, you know, may, maybe in in that regards potentially yeah. um, in that. Um, cool. I mean, I came up with that one. So, I, uh, is there is there any major ones that are screaming at you, Laura, of that are there are also ones that you you just love to tell people that's that's not true at all. <laughs> yeah. You kind of giggle to yourself at like that no. Yeah, um, I think um another one is um, you know, you don't need PPC if you're organically ranked highly. So, you know, we'll, we'll often speak to sellers who say well i'm you know i'm I, i'm ranked number one or two in my category i i don't need ppc and of course you know we would argue sort of against that um because you know you still have to bear in mind first off you know in terms of you know what you're presented with on those search results you're going to have a sponsor brands ad along the along the top there in the banner and then you're going to have some sponsor product placements and again depending whether you're on mobile or on desktop and then depending on the category you know to find those first couple of organic placements you've got to kind of look for them because you know the ad placements you know have the the, the better placements um but i think as well that the myth here is is really that you know paid and organic they work best together it's not necessarily you know that organic is better than ppc because organic is free traffic um and and you know ppc is paid traffic they work best when they're combined um ppc can help widen you know really the exposure and discoverability of your products that helps you rank higher for a broader range of keywords so they very much work 
together and you know and, and together they make you know uh, you know a, a, a deadly combination particularly if um, you're a you know bigger brand and you're, you're wanting to consolidate you're wanting to sort of defend your um, position in in your category so so yeah having a higher organic ranking is great um, but using PPC can help you double you know your results and, and keep you top of mind of customers and again that's a big part of, you know, let's say, for example, those sponsored brand ads at the top where you've got, you know, the brand logo, um, you've got the, the custom headline, you've got the, the three product photos, it's higher up the funnel and it's that kind of brand awareness um, and, and, and front of mind. So, so yeah, so for, you know, the, the, the sellers who believe that, you know, PPC and organic work against each other, you know, the, the bottom line is increased visibility, increased brand awareness and traffic and, and together you know, they're, they're stronger together and you can really kind of dominate. We've, we've seen it. Yeah. I was just going to, yeah, I was just going to say, we, we've seen it so many times where, where people have come to us and said, I was, I was number one for ages. And then I, I turned my ads off and, and now I've dropped to page two. And it's like, well, what did you expect? Like it, your competitors just come in and, and taking that position and, and all of those sales through that target keyword. You're, you're no longer making those sales. Yeah. You're still making the same organic sales, but you're not, you just give up half of your sales. Right. And I think just tying back into the whole real estate conversation from earlier, the, the shift, uh, another shift over, over over that same time period is the amount of sales that are coming from ads on, on the average brand. And I think across the partners that, that, that we work with at, at the moment, we're seeing approximately, it varies massively from category to category, but anything from 40 to 55% of sales coming from paid versus organic whereas when certainly when when we were still selling it was more like 20 to 30 percent mm. from paid yeah. and that was kind of the was considered problem. high yeah 30 percent people yeah. were like oh that's a bit so, high yeah. so, so now when now when we talk to brands that say well i don't want to i don't want more than you know 15 or 20 percent of my sales to come from ppc it's like well that's okay mm. that's fine but you're Good probably luck. leaving money on the table and you're going to get swallowed up yeah here, here's one maybe for both of you, and I and I I love the phrase circling circling the customer, if you will, right? Of both paid and organic, like that's a good thing. If it's a buyer psychology of the more often you appear in front of them, absolutely, you you have seven no's before you get a yes, right? Like you're saying no psychologically um, to all those different ones in front of you, but mm -hmm. you can get to that yes, and you happen to be there. That's a good thing. Um, what about what about the phrase in terms of? Um, in, in terms of cost raising, and I'm curious about this for both of you. I've heard a lot of people say if this is true or not, just the, the rise of an aggregator, if you will, or the aggregator. This area. is the hot topic at the moment, right? Well, this, this is a curiosity too. Personally, I don't, I don't believe this, but the, the growth of people in the aggregation space, they are rising they they are responsible for the rising costs of ppc is there any data or anything of the sorts that backs up that claim or it, it uh, affecting in that regards i i think there's there's a number of reasons why cost per clicks have, have gone up so much and i'll, I'll come on to the aggregators in, in a sec just before that i think one thing we have to bear in mind through this whole you know, COVID over the over the last couple of years, is that a lot of bricks and mortars, bricks and mortar businesses that were never even you know, considering getting online had no choice but to get online. 
and where's the easy you know, the easiest place to 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 get set up and, and get selling quickly it's it's amazon right you you haven't got to go and figure out google ads and running out your own traffic to your own storefront it's already there and amazon is you know, is by far the you know, the behemoth still you know even all these all these years in there so that's one contributing factor i think there's a lot more competition there's a lot more sellers registered to sell on amazon during the last couple of years naturally that's going to increase competition for for the same the same ad positions right although there's a lot more real estate there's there's a lot more sellers to to go along with that secondly i think amazon's got much much better at promoting how important ppc and advertising is in general particularly the whole full funnel piece you know that they're now you know they're giving us you know, brand metrics showing us how we compare against our peers for you know, the consideration phase, the awareness phase, the purchase phase, how many people are searching for our brand. And all of these things psychologically say to a seller, you're not doing enough. You need to spend more. So people get more aggressive to try and Im improve those percentages. The, the big one that, that came out last year was the top of search impression chair, which is super useful and everybody should be using it. But what did that do? So when that column appeared in, in in campaign manager and everybody's account. Oh, what do you mean I'm only showing up 10% of the time for my most important keyword? My, my most important ranking campaign, I'm only 5%. So they went and smashed their budgets up, smashed their bids up to try and to try and get more impression share. So I think those two things, aside from, from, from the aggregator conversation, are definitely contributing to, 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 to increase CPCs. The aggregator conversation, I think, there is, I, I believe there is something in that. And I don't think that's necessarily uh, in, a, in a bad way that I have heard some people saying they've just got so much money. They just, you know, they just put stupid bids on and they drive the cost up. Possibly. I think it's more likely the fact that they go above and beyond and they're, they're building teams of, of, of experts, right? They, that they've got the money to hire good people. And if you speak to anybody in this industry, they're, they're struggling to hire and keep good people. You know, we've just seen a, a feature last week about Amazon increasing the baseline salary by, by 100%, yeah. right? Sign me up. I saw the base base salary in there. I said, where have I been working? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah I'm over here. <laughs> I'm over here. Um, it's yeah, nice. But I just read a book that they didn't, they did that for that reason. And that was a Jeff Bezos thing of, uh, put put equity into uh, working hard so that your earnout will become an equity long term. Not the case anymore. Yeah, it's it's all in, like you said, uh, yeah. keeping talent and and whatnot. And and this is the, going up to another thing. Maybe Laura, you can speak on this. It doesn't make sense why they would just throw money at everything because a that's not smart money usage and it's a lot yeah. of waste. And these companies are on the hook for how to wisely spend their money. So why would you waste yeah. that in that regard? So that 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 whole thing doesn't make sense to me, how that lines up. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd sort of, I, I'd intend to to agree um, with, with you on that, Ryan. Um, I mean, because ultimately they're all about the bottom line. And so, uh, okay, they met, you know, yes, they will have greater purchasing power so, um, you know, I guess in terms of COGS, maybe in terms of logistics, obviously, you know, if they're, they've got that purchasing power at scale, um, obviously their margins, you know, maybe 
maybe bigger. So they, you know, they will have a, some wiggle room, like Daryl said, you know, potentially to kind of be more aggressive um, in in their in their bidding and their strategies. But ultimately, like you said, Ryan, it does it doesn't make sense to just you know be silly about it because um you know they they might be well financed but they've got to deliver and they've and they've got to get a return and for those that are you know leveraged and they've raised money you know they've got investors who are going to be saying you know where's where's our return so you know they they're going to, they've got some pretty stringent um you know circumstances uh, and results that they need to be working within and 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 delivering so um, so yeah, I, I, I think you know while they they might have you know that that more purchasing power and maybe slightly bigger margins, um, they still need to deliver on that. And they're smart people; they're not going to throw money un- away unnecessarily. They, you know, that they, they, they need to make it work. So so yeah, I'm inclined to agree. It's it's not just inflating in, inflating the price for in, inflating the price sake, right? And pushing people out. Mm-hmm. I think that they're just they're just doing it smarter. They understand that there's a full funnel marketing strategy now available to use on Amazon and, and they're fully implementing it. Whereas a lot of the a lot of the brands that these aggregators are buying, they're, they're buying quality products, right? But they're not necessarily buying brands that are maximizing their potential. I mean we've had you know a number of partners going through you know, going through this right now, right? Looking looking to exit. Mm-hmm. And they're getting some some great offers because we've we've you know, scaled up their scaled up their, their PPC and, and helped them grow their business. A, lo- a lot of people that that are exiting haven't maximised PPC before exiting, and this is why it's so attractive to the aggregators. Right, they're, they're seeing these opportunities of these great products with potential, and now they're now they're extracting that potential. So whereas before the the, the brand might have been you know bidding a dollar. Know, for, for a click and and quite happy that they had five percent ACOS on their PPC. Now the aggregators come along and go, yeah, we can be way more aggressive than that and push. Yes, it's going to push everything up slightly, but it's not nothing you know, malicious or or just the fact that they're throwing tons of money at it. I think they're doing it in a in a sensible way, a smart way, and and the way that everybody should be doing it. I think that's that's the difference. Right. I, I now it's not a jealousy thing. I think a lot of people they money you can blame anything like anything with money you can blame i i just think like like you said it's a strategy thing and and how they are smart with it i think i I think that's a successful thing and i don't think that's you can't you can't you can't say that something that's representing less than five percent of products out there all all amazon that's the rise of that's the cost uh rise i i just think like obviously shopper raise um Shopper demand, anything like that, that's going to naturally rise cost over time. Yeah. Um, I, I think as yeah. well, just to add to that real quick, Ryan, is, is you know, and, and this is something that we've talked about almost from day one when, when we started this business, um, is mindset. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, the willingness to invest in your business, the willingness to take risks, the willingness to to, to, to try things and and you know PPC a lot of it is is testing and you know that's something you know in terms of a mindset that's something that these aggregators have in spades they just some stuff's going to work some stuff isn't um but we need to you know spend money to make money um you know there, there is a big difference I think in this industry between sort of I think entrepreneur is a is a title that's banded about a lot, but you know, um, there's an entrepreneurial mindset that has that sort of attitude towards risk, um, 
to trusting professionals to do what they're good at, that kind of thing. And then there's a lot of sort of business owners or sellers who are actually quite conservative. And that's okay. But certainly in the PPC space, when we've seen now the marketplaces get more crowded, um, it is that more entrepreneurial mindset, um, depending on the category, slightly more aggressive approach to PPC that's winning out. And, and I completely can see how that doesn't sit well with lots of sellers. I, and I totally get that. But, you know, if you are going up against an aggregator in your category, um, you know, being conservative is, 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 is going to, it's not going to, that it's going to be a challenge, but you're not going to be able to go toe to toe to them. You know, the category is going to change and, and maybe your sales are going to change, but you know, that whole mindset and attitude and approach, that's, I think, you know, a real game changer in, in these categories as well. And PPC is, is, is where a lot of that can be won and lost. I love that. Um, to be honest with you. Yeah. I love that, Laura. I think, I think that's a good thing to keep in mind. Again, it's mindset and like how, how you want to attack it. Entrepreneurial like mentality is, is half the battle and, and what you want to try to make a chance on, or just kind of, like you said, take that, that set, uh, that step back approach. Um, it's, uh, Vincent, obviously, has uh, a great content so far. So, Vincent, thanks for listening on LinkedIn. I didn't even know. We, well, we do get some comments on LinkedIn sometimes. So, that's so, always a plus. I love that. I know Vincenzo. I oh, Vincenzo. Yeah, weeks. I said Vincent yeah. for some I saw Vincent all of a sudden. This is what happens when you glance at a screen with 100 things in front of you guys. <laughs> it's like a producer's nightmare over here. Um, <laughs> final thing for you, Daryl and Laura. Um, as I'm scaling internationally, I think a lot of the uh, our customers that at, at ping pong, they have this notion of when I grow internationally, it's scary to think that there's so many different um, strategies to, to, uh, to grow in different marketplaces. There's over 20 now Amazon marketplaces to date mm -hmm. that you can sell your products on. If I'm in the United States and I'm doing really well, I personally think that this is a year of growth internationally for uh, lots of different brands. And I think you're going to see a lot of how do I how do I make my brand more visible internationally? What are some of those myths that I'm taking my brand from one marketplace to essentially a whole different uh, marketplace and culture and country and everything of that sort? What are the PPC myths that you guys have to educate people on? Um, probably just the, the the whole the whole translation piece. I think is the is the biggest. I think we've we've seen a lot of people go from selling in the US or selling in the UK and then and then trying to expand quite quite rapidly into into multi marketplaces. And I think given the challenges already over the last couple of years with um certainly with, with inventory and, and shipping issues and what that's one consideration is that that's that's all going to be multiplied potentially, right? I think from a PVC specific standpoint, like I said the, the whole Amazon are, are getting quite good now at reaching out with an account manager that will do all this stuff for you. And one of them is translation. So oh, if, if you expand into all five European countries, we can translate all your keywords from the US. Well, that's that's all very you know, good and dandy, but a lot of those a lot of the, the a lot of those words will mean absolutely nothing once translated. You know, it's <clears throat> it needs to be done. It needs to be done by a native speaker. That's the that's that makes a huge difference and i know when even even back when i was selling i i craft laura laura actually wrote wrote, wrote my wrote my product listings for, for the uk and the us and then 
when I went to Germany, I had them translated by Amazon, uh, and it was crickets. And and literally all I done was was got them uh, translated properly by by a native native uh, speaking German, and it instantly picked up and and took off. And you know, I had some amazing sales before I got banned from Germany. Uh, <laughs> different story for a different time. That's a different, different story. Different story. Um, yeah, using words like Scheiße or something like that. <laughs> yeah. you know, just just not appropriate. He was using those words afterwards. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> and some. But yeah, I, I think that's the, that, that, that's huge, right? I, I think it's easy to try and shortcut and look at these different marketplaces as a an easy way to just make some more money. But I think you have to treat them individually and and go that go that extra mile you know have the any text overlays on your images your opus content video like have everything translated you know and make sure it's it's high quality like that's that that's probably the the the, the biggest one that i see people mess up with is is just trying to take what they've already got because they don't want to spend the extra money and then try and launch in another country and and wonder why it's not working yeah and i think added to that actually um the difference as well between a UK listing and a US listing. So I had the benefit when I was writing product listings, I'd lived in LA for five years and then I went back to the UK. So I, I like to consider I was fluent in. Um, You're you know, fluent in West Coast speak. In West Coast, yeah. Um, and But the, it is a difference. And, you know, when we do keyword research, you know, there would be a difference in, in, in the keywords for the same products. I mean, sometimes even the same products called a different name i mean just to this isn't a story about a product listing but i remember when i first moved to the us and i was looking for what we call a cafetiere right a coffee plunger mm -hmm. right and you know they, that's also called a french press right so yeah. i was like yeah i was walking around like the, the drugstore for like i was like kind of doing this to like people and they were just like i don't know what you're looking for but anyway that's an aside but the the point is is that you know, the same products can be called completely different names. Um, and then also, um, you know, you can have completely different keywords. So even between the UK and the US, there's a difference. And then absolutely, then the European languages, you know, you need a really, there's some really great localization services that, you know, will write your product listings uh, by native speakers. However, the upside is to that um, in terms of myths. So I think sellers might think, oh, the easy part is the listings. I'll get that translated. PPC is the hard part. Actually, um, PPC isn't the hard part because, again, data is just data, whatever the language it's written in. So, you know, we are not fluent in Italian or Spanish or French uh, or German, but we are well able to manage um, campaigns in all of those marketplaces. So, so yeah, the myth is, is that PPC is actually probably easier than the product listing part. Yeah, I think my favorite, one of my favorite episodes talking about PPC is when I had uh, Richard uh java from uh ppc ninja if you I, i'm hopefully you guys know her yeah. she uh just her master class here she talks about in um ppc in japan is mind-blowing just the nature of uh, four different language or four different cadences of language that you have to cater to and speak to is is unreal and i wow. i just saw to think through that i was like it was it was like english than Japanese, and then you had different subset languages that you also had to cater to, which were in variations of picture. And again, I'm going to butcher this. It was wow. like variations of picture and then um, just different 
types of ways to say that same phrase four different ways. And to me, I was just unreal, but in a third largest, one of the top four largest marketplaces in Amazon, that's something you have to overcome and you have to understand and develop and, and to be successful. And like most people here don't know over there, you know, you can have products on, uh, labels in your pictures and in colors splashes differently. And unlike in the United States where you have to have certain things that you can't put in images and so on and so forth, I digress, but stuff like that, where it's, it's really hard to, you have to cater localized, uh, wow, localized in different yeah. languages. It's so cool. And so that's crazy to think about. Super sophisticated. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, and then I, and then I think just to one other thing, I think just to finish on, Sure. on the European thing is, and I know, again, this is something that can catch some sellers by sur surprise, um, is just to account for the, the VAT, um, you know, because um, that you really need to have very healthy margins to to, com to compete, I think, in, in Europe. I mean, each, you know, EU country has different thresholds for, for VAT, but, but, you know, I know, you know, for the UK, you know, 20%, you know, at, at source, you know, um, when you make the sale is, is chunky. So I think it's, yeah, it's probably, it's, it, it seems to be the things that maybe some sellers don't consider that kind of bites them in the butt. And then it's the, you know, the other stuff that, you know, is, um, is more obvious is actually, um, yeah, is, is kind of a lot more plain sailing. It's the stuff they haven't thought about. I think that can trip them up as opposed to stuff that they do think about and they, they think about it, um, in the wrong way. Absolutely. Well, uh, Laura and Daryl, I, you guys promised that we could talk forever on this and we've already burned through an hour of time. So for, the, for, for everyone without, without going into another hour of this. And again, uh, when I tell people they've made an hour through me that I consider them now friend of the pocket. So you guys are more welcome to come back anytime, but for sake of your time and you're the end of the day already, um, here, what is the best way? Cause I know we had a couple of things that we wanted to make sure that you guys want to talk about. We had, you guys are having a sponsored pro uh, the sponsored profit PPC opportunity report, which we linked out in the comments section as well as in the show notes here. But is it what are the best ways to reach out to you if you need people to look at your PPC strategy to help you kind of navigate whether internationally, domestically, wherever they might be selling? What are the best ways to do that? Yeah, sure. No, I appreciate the the opportunity and thanks for having us. Um, so yeah, just go to our, our website, uh, sponsored profit dot com um, and folks can uh, get in touch with us or um, schedule a call uh, people can connect with me directly on linkedin um, you'll find me on linkedin sort of linkedin forward slash laura mccall um, but uh, as i said as well if they check the show notes for that ppc opportunity report um, we'll do a quick bird's eye view of their campaigns and uh, and then we can also follow that up with a call to talk about potential ppc strategies uh, to help them achieve their goals so so yeah feel free to reach out and you know we'd love to to help you out I love that. And Daryl's not on LinkedIn. Or did I get that wrong, Daryl? You are, and I couldn't find He's you. He's not on LinkedIn. Oh, all right. Can't He's go on LinkedIn yeah, and find I'm, 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 I'm just a nerd locked in the cupboard doing, doing all the PPC stuff. Yeah, he, he doesn't He doesn't do social. He's he's you know he's a PPC purist. I don't, I don't know. It's, That's yeah. okay. Don't, don't, don't ask, grid. Brian. Don't, don't go there. Off, off the grid. <laughs> okay. That's okay. For some in more, reason, in more ways than one. Yeah, I was going to say, for more reason, I thought... <laughs> I, I was I was like I'm misspelling this or whatever it is. No, nope, just no LinkedIn. So Daryl, we can't we can't point people to your direction. I'm assuming you have an email though if they want to talk with you as well. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, just Daryl at sponsorprofit.com. So. Easy enough. All right, well Easy we'll enough. stick with the email for right now then. 
<laughs> well, awesome. both of you, thank you so much. Like this has been a pleasure. It's a lot of fun talking people. Um, these kinds of conversations are easier to digest. And I think, uh, like Vincenzo said, just easy content to understand and take away and apply to their business. Certain things that I never really thought of that, that make a whole lot of sense um, that we got to talk about today. And like I said, if you have hours of content, I got hours of content to fill. So you guys are more than welcome to come back on and uh, talk with us anytime awesome. whatsoever. So um, are, we guys, are, you guys, are we traveling? Are you guys traveling to shows? Or are you guys going to see you in person anytime soon? No, we're, we're not. I might, I'll be at the, I'll be visiting the white label expo in London in, okay. I think a couple of weeks time. Um, so yeah, I think that's uh, the, our immediate travel plans. So. Gotcha. I, I didn't know if you guys were speaking engagements or there's events that you guys were doing anytime soon gotcha no no worries we've uh, the, the, the whole the whole covid thing we've we've been holding off and holding off and waiting to see what's gonna what's gonna happen before booking anything up and uh same here yeah i get my arm twisted uh last year i said no this year i got my arm twisted more and i i will be making an appearance on my first show at prosper this year so awesome. that's nice. where i will so good luck yeah that will be that will be fun and interesting a lot of a lot of people that i get to shake hands and uh you know meet people in person like is that i th the joke is i've had this is 200 and almost two what was 221 um i've had 220 plus people i haven't met in person yet so that being said wow. we're going to do that for a lot of people in person here at prosper so but both of you thank you so much i can't wait to meet you guys in person it. we'll have you guys back again here on crossover commerce but thank you for your time today Awesome. Thanks, Thanks for having us on. Awesome. No problem. And thank, thank you, you everyone for coming on Crossover Commerce. This is episode 221 of my show that I like to call Crossover Commerce, my corner of the internet where I bring the best and brightest in the Amazon e-commerce space. Thank you, Ping Pong Payments, for the sponsorship of this podcast. You can go to usa.pingpongx.com forward slash podcast for all of our past episodes. Season four just came out, uh, audio version, so you can catch uh, the 200s starting on the website. Now with all the uh, transcripts, all the takeaways, all the great content, but you can also follow us on social media. If you are uh, not already, you should be, or you can follow me on social media to know, get notified when future episodes come out. I'm excited uh, later this week. Again, uh, we bring great live content here on Crossover Commerce. I'll actually be having a colleague on here later. Confessions of an ex-Amazon employee. It sounds very scandalous and very uh, uh, hard-hitting, but we're going to be having... Uh, Eric from Ping Pong Payments. He used to work on the ACCS uh, program over at Amazon. We're going to be having him on to talk about his time at Amazon. And again, what insights he might be able to share with us about growing your business online. That being said, I'm Ryan Kermit. This is Crossover Commerce. We'll catch you guys next time on another episode. Take care. Mm -hmm.